Yeah. You know? Leave. Just leave this here because when when it's good to go, I'll tell you. Why are you so bossy? <laughs> Gotta get it done. Bossy. Gotta get it done. <laughs> this poor guy. He's like sweats, runs around. All I do is talk. Yeah, man. <laughs> he does like everything else. You know what I mean? Poor guy. Are you? Am I really gonna be loud enough though with all the noise? Yeah. Alright, are you gonna sit? Can you sit? You want me to sit? You want a stool? Do you want to sit? Yeah, sit right here, man. Well, Bobby, sit. Have, do you want to put that, do you want to put the camera you're holding on the stool? Tripods? Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Alright, yeah, yeah. yeah. let's do this one. Alright, you guys get going. Man, you're down the street. You want to yeah. sit? Yeah, no, we're good. We like it. We keep going. Yeah. <laughs> you got a small one or a small one? I mean, they're all pretty much. Except don't lie, you love a big fat one. You know Get him a stick, bro. What do you want? Cognac. Cognac's good. What's this one you got? Probably cognac. That's a cognac. Delicious. It's like De Serrano. Yeah, it's right here. Smoke. I had I had one last. What did I smoke last night? I had one last night. Sunday fun day at my house. So. Sunday is like the one day that I unplug from everything I do. All my kids come over, like all my kids are there. Um, even my older guys, my son, my stepson wasn't there last night, but my stepdaughter, his, her, her boyfriend, my two younger kids, their friends. And we do Sunday fun day, man. And we literally just like, we're in a pool all day yesterday. And then it goes right to like games, big dinner. We need that though. Bro, I have to have that. Yeah. Like if I don't, so it's really cool. The relationship That's I have with my the relationship I have with my kids and Sebi will tell you like it's no bullshit. Like I have the most incredible relationship with my kids. <clears throat> my daughters at nine o'clock on a Tuesday night be like, Dad, can we go for a ride? And I'm like, Yeah. And we jump in the truck and we blast tunes and we drive around for like oh, an hour. That's great. Hell yeah. And that's my time with my kids. And even growing up when my daughters were little, because I, you know, family business outside. I don't know if some of you, some of you guys heard my story earlier. But with the family business, like I work six six days a week, fourteen hour days, like work hard, right? What do you do? Uh, yeah, bearings, machine parts, belt, chains, sprockets, pulleys, couplings, motors, belt, uh, pumps, things like that. Mm -hmm. But we sold our family business five years ago, and I now work for the company that bought us as like a technical salesman for them. Mm -hmm. So I travel a couple days a week for them, and that's why when you watch National Fire Radio, it seems like I'm all over the place. It's because I piggyback. Well, if you're at the, uh, you're at the job. So if I'm in Delaware Brilliant. by like four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm done. I make I hit my Delaware contacts and I'm like stopping firehouses and so on. So Smart. we do a lot of that on top of everything else that we do. So that's why I get around. I'm like herpes, man. I'm everywhere. <laughs> um, but it's cool. I, I have an incredible relationship with my kids, and so that those moments to me because I'm I travel so much and I'm I'm so busy. Um, when I can squeeze that family time. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. And that goes cheap with the conversation we had before about how important that is. Yeah. And, and then recognizing it, right? Yeah, so important. So listen, um, <coughs> sitting here smoking cigars, right? I mean, this is pretty cool. You guys you guys have a, a, a culture of firemanship here that um, rivals the best that I've seen. Um, the fact that it's a Monday afternoon, we're sitting here, we have a nice lunch, we're doing some interviews, we're learning all about you guys. But like, even just sitting around for lunch, it was it was fireman talk. It was uh, you know supporting one another, busting each other's balls all in the same breath. But a lot of you are not from this community. Correct. Correct. So this firehouse has brought you here. Yes. Which is which is pretty interesting, right? Because you're not doing you know in the Maryland system, Prince George's County, three thousand, four thousand runs a year. You guys are doing fifteen hundred runs, seventeen hundred runs a year, all fire runs, right? It's a great culture here. What got you? Uh, what attracted me most was uh, I used to come down and hang out like a little bit. I met a bunch of the guys. And like, aside from the atmosphere, I was never around a group of guys who were more excited to see the other guys doing good as well. So like, I come from out of town. So like, I miss a fire. I'm not mad that I missed a fire. I'm happy that the other guys here caught some work and that everybody came back. Everybody was safe. Everybody's doing a little action. And I'll catch the next one. So that was enticing for me. 
You know what I love about that? I I used to get so pissed off and upset. I still do. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love going to fire. Hundred percent. Yeah. Right? So do I. Right? Yeah. 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 You're not right. a fireman. Right. 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 Like Almighty here, yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, get, I get annoyed when I miss fires too. Right or a good wreck. You know what drives me nuts though? And this is now more than than it used to be. But like my guys don't talk about it anymore. All of a sudden, I'm like the only guy in a text group going like, so what was it? What did we have? Who stretched? What was it? Like the other day, we had a, we had a rollover entrapment car on fire, right? We're like, oh, sounds pretty good. I wasn't around. So an hour later, I'm like, there's no chatter, no pictures. I'm like, what the, what the fuck? Oh, forget yeah. it. We, we, we talk about it for months. So this is, this, yeah. is, this is my point, though, right? Because there's something to that. How do you learn? If you're not going to be able to be there. We learn I just like learn. this right here. Yeah. After yeah. runs, we Thank come you. back. We'll... You know, whatever, we get the rigs back in service, we'll get everybody situated, and then usually it's just like a, here, we're smoking smokes, we're, we're, we're yeah. yeah, we have our own critique before the critique. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to me about that critique, like how important is that to be able to come back, get your equipment cleaned up, and then be able to sit down and just have some time. So, yeah, so, yeah, so to me, it, it's super important for all of us to work together you know, just because I'm in the rescue and he's in the ladder, we're all here for the same job. You know, we get back, the rescue's obviously a little bit easier to put back together, then we'll come over here, we'll help them, and then we'll move on to the engine, okay? And then when we're all done, we'll all sit down, we'll order, we all eat, we all eat. No matter what time of the day it is, we're time of the morning it is, we'll all order food. I know, the guy with bunk cakes showed up and you guys tackled him. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I saw it, I saw it firsthand. And we all, yeah. And they owe us. I love that. But we come back here and like a real family, we sit down at the table together and we eat and we talk. Hey, listen, you did an awesome job today, man. Oh, well, I feel like I did this wrong. But you know what? You may have done it wrong, but this is what you could do. Yeah. You know, we're a family here. We're here to support each other. And that's that's what attracted me here. Okay? I'm not from here. I'm 10 minutes, 20 minutes up the line in Hawthorne. All right? I came down here because a lot of these guys were my friends on the outside. Sure. You know? And I wanted more action in my life. So I came down here. These guys not only welcomed me, but they welcomed my 11-year-old daughter into this firehouse. Like she was here as a member you know to me that was the big that was a heartwarming moment 100 and to this day these guys still treat my daughter as if they're their own kids yeah and that's that's where the brotherhood and the family to me comes into play you know i i, I think about that all the time because my daughters uh, all my kids but my two older guys are, are out now and not in town anymore but my two daughters know every single guy in my firehouse. Every single guy in the firehouse knows my kids. Yep. They know them by name. They know when they do school runs for AFAs. Mm-hmm. When they see them around town, they all know each other by name. Exactly. That goes so far. I, absolutely. But you know mm-hmm. what that takes, though? It takes buy-in by everyone. It takes work, right? It takes work for me to want to know that your daughter's name is Gianna. Yes, a- absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And, and I think about that. So many places I go and places I've been, it's like, are people buying in like they should be to one another like check your shit at the door and mm-hmm. when you're here it's about all of us and not just me right yeah you know it, it's we're so tight here that even on the outside of the firehouse all these guys here we'll go on vacations together our families all go away to each with each other we'll go to this guy's house to his pool for a saturday we're we're so close that being in the firehouse is like being outside. So what what sets that apart from other fire departments that you've seen or been a part of? So my old firehouse, it was tight. It's a little bit of an older crowd. It was very, I don't want to say political, but it was, it was clicky. You know, this group stayed with this group, this group stayed sure. with that group. Happens everywhere. Right. <clears throat> Compared to here, we're all one. Yeah. We're just we're just one. And and I could say this so I'm blue in the face. This is the true meaning of a brotherhood here. That's cool. And I always felt that way since the minute I walked in this door seven years ago. Seven years. Yep. Seven years. I'm gonna come off like one of my favorite things to come in and do after a long day at work. 
But you know, who out of dinner? Who's in? Who's yeah. right out to stop and stop? Yeah, yeah. Every, yeah. every day on the group chat. We cook. Who's coming down for dinner? That's always the skinny guy, too. Yeah, always. Always the skinny Well, it's good for me because I was in the Marine Corps prior to this. I got out of the Marine Corps. I kind of had a void in my life where I needed some excitement, you know, adrenaline. I joined the friggin' engine up the block that didn't really do much. You know, I didn't know much about the firehouse. I didn't know what the difference between a ladder truck was and the rescue engine. I didn't know shit. And um, being up there, being at the firehouse, going to calls, seeing who went where. Are you just passing your mic? I just want to make sure we're getting like clean audio. No, no offense, man. Yeah, I yeah, 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 no. It's fine. If you're gonna like, yeah, we're just. We'll, pass yeah. well, yeah, no, what I was saying is, um, you know, I joined I joined an engine company. I didn't know much about the fire service at all. I, you know, I didn't know a ladder truck, the engine, the rescue. I didn't know shit with, with anything. And um, with being at the engine, you know, I'd see all these companies out like calls, and I saw who really, you know, who did what? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So I was like, I want to be with those. I want to be with. I want to be with those guys. Yeah. So you know, I came over to the ladder company. I friggin' loved it. That's where I kind of got close with all these guys. I didn't know a single guy. In here, well, I kind of knew, you know, Angelo over here, the chief spasta, and um, I didn't really know anybody. And now, um, this is the number one thing I look forward to getting out of work every day is coming down here and hanging out and getting involved. Um, even sitting outside, like 10 o'clock at night, you got kids walking up the street. They want fire hats. We give them little fire helmets, show them the fire trucks. And um, for me, it kind of like filled a void that um, that I was missing when I got out of the Marine Corps. Yeah. You know what I mean? The camaraderie, just the brotherhood of everything. Sure, really man. really is what brought me into this firehouse. That's you know? cool. Yeah, it's I legit. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love Are you it. local then? So I'm from Greenwich. And, well, my family grew up in Porchester. Yeah. Um, I've lived in Greenwich my whole life, which is the uh, next town over in Connecticut. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm local for the most part. I've lived in Porchester for many years. Cool. Um, so yeah, so it brings me here. No, that's cool, man. I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, I, you find so many people are, are searching for, especially people that come out of the military, retire out of the military. They're trying to find that camaraderie that they had, right? And the fire service can offer that. It's true. But not every firehouse offers it. It's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. What do you got? You're a transplant. You're a mutual aid member as well. I'm, well. I'm a mutual aid guy from 45 minutes away. I paid two tolls to get here, but... I came here, I found these guys on social media 10 years ago, just Instagram. Guys, fire stuff. I started following guys, I started talking to guys, liking pictures. One day, about a year ago, I ran into them, filled out a mutual aid application and showed up here. Fell in love with the culture. I come from a very different world. Down where I am, it's the older generations run the show. The priorities of the department seem to me a lot more social than getting on the truck and doing the right thing. And it's it's really hard to still like be there, do the right thing, and like lead the young kids when you're watching guys just resign I left and right. I get it. And I I do my time. I don't have any requirements here as a mutual aid member, but I try to do the right thing once a week. Come up, spend the night, a couple hours here or there. I'm only 45 minutes away, but for me, it fills a void in my life too. Is I'm trying to keep that mentality in my head. I'm here for the right reasons, and I want to bring it back home. Yeah, mutual aid member of the year, right there. I think, right? Yeah. 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 What's that get you? A cup of coffee? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And a you know, you know, the There's something to be said for yeah. that, though, right? It's mm -hmm. like one. I we were talking at lunch, and we were talking about how many guys come from a distance to mm -hmm. come here to be a fireman. Mm -hmm. Right? And it speaks to the firemanship, the culture that's yeah. here. Right? Because it allows you guys to fill that void that you need. Yeah. Like we all need something out of this. I mean, yeah. as much as we all say, like, we're doing it for the community, we love service, that's all part of it. Yeah. But it's also that little bit of selfishness that we all need yeah. from the fire yeah. service that gives us <clears throat> adrenaline, challenge, yeah. camaraderie, right? All of mm -hmm. that stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I look at like the personal growth that I've had, and I, I alluded to that earlier with you yeah. guys from being a, a, a volunteer fire chief at 27 years old to being 46 years old today, mm -hmm. right, 19 years later, I'm a completely different fireman today yeah. than I was when I was a chief. Mm -hmm. And when you think about the maturity of the fire service and how that works as a, as a human being, right, yeah. it takes time, right, yeah. you mature. This place allows you mm -hmm. to mature. Yeah. This place Absolutely. allows you to be a fireman. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. I love, what I love about this most, like, down by me, it's very strict. You join a company, you're strict in that company's positions, that company's job. 
here, it's more of a we show up and we figure it out based off of who's on the rig and what, we, what needs to be done. I've seen guys by me, engine companies pull up, like, we need the door forced. Like, I don't know how to do that. I just know how to pull hose. And yeah. truck companies that refuse to touch hose. Right. Coming here, headquarters all runs together. Yeah. I know. So we're I always think. helping each other. I mean, getting the rigs goes, back in service. Like, I right. got off the rescue truck. I pulled the line. Piggybacking off of what he's saying is yeah. we, we pull up to a fire. And from a chief's aspect of this, hmm? these, these guys don't have to te- tell us what to do. We get out of the truck. We know what we're going to do. And I know when I turn around, he's there. He's there. He's there. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows what they have to do. I don't got to sit there. If I'm if I'm the most senior guy on my truck for the night before the rest of the guys get there, I don't. I could turn around and not have to say a word. These yeah. guys are getting out mm-hmm. with the tools. They're already at the door before I'm even out of the truck nine or ten yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. That was a pretty big selling point it's, for me, too. The, the, the way that the uh, chief officers uh, limit the micromanaging and they don't tell us where to park the rigs, they don't. They know. We know. Everybody knows the truck needs to get the address. The rescue pulls around the block, out of the way, because at a fire you're just coming for manpower. Obviously, engines grab the hydrants, but you don't hear any of that on the fire ground when you're pulling up. Yeah. Chief will transmit the box, and the rigs are just pulling up. Guys are hopping out and uh, getting at it. And that that was a huge, huge, huge selling point for me. Our chiefs now do not dictate orders to us. They do not dictate you orders. You should to know us. your job. We get out of the truck. And these guys know that we're here, we mean business, we're going to do it. But it's also like, so it's it's a fun conversation, right? So put out some, I put out some uh, stuff the other day about, um, you know, volunteerism, why it's lacking, you know, this micromanagement nonsense, poor leadership is driving us in the ground, all that stuff, right? There's something to be said for that. I think, and I, I'm thinking about this as I sit here, because a lot of you have come from other departments, found your way here because this place offers you the ability to do what you need and want as a fireman, right? Mm-hmm, correct. And the management here and the leadership allows you to do that. I wonder if there's a direct correlation because most of us come from slower departments, right? Yeah. Oh, I know, uh, most yeah. of us, right? Most of us, right? And with slower departments come the ability to micromanage a little bit easier than you could here where you're running consistent Constant. alarms. Yep. yep. And what's frustrating though is that the guys know their jobs day in and day out because they're doing it day in and day out, and yet they have to be told what their job is and how to do it, and it drives me up a freaking wall, right? And it and it really tears down the individual because it doesn't allow the individual then to be an individual, right? When we when we spoon feed and force feed our people day in and day out, they can't think for themselves anymore. We're not creating instinct. We're creating, like I talked mm-hmm. about it before, zoo animals. Machines, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can't have that in the fire service because no. yeah. we need people that can take initiative. We need people yeah. to know their Absolutely. job and know how to get in position, right? I always argue this is not a black and white thing we do. It's even a career or volunteer. It's not black and white. If we teach you one way how to do things, what happens when you're in that life or death situation and that one way? is going to get you killed or it's not working. Yeah, Lieutenant, should I force the door now? Cap, should I stretch that line now? Yeah. Chief, should we reset the alarm? How should I hold Should I park on the second due engine? Should I be in front of the building? No, you should be at the should I put my gloves on. Like, like, those are all things, though, that we all should know, yes. right? And when right. we start to take that away yep. from our people, we're failing. I think, truthfully, it slows down the whole operation. 100%. Because if you got somebody in the rig pulling up and you're sitting there waiting to listen to the fire ground and say, all right, where's the chief want me to go? You're, you're delaying time. You could be already stretching. You could already be grabbing a hydrogen lane in. You could already be throwing ground ladders. But instead, I mean, that doesn't happen here. So that's why I think we're one step ahead of the game. The guys just get off the rig and go to work and radio the command uh, units it, that it what's takes going on. are already on top of that before. When rigs, yeah. Right when rigs sign on, 2391, for example, he'll tell them exactly what cross street to go and what hydrogen to just so they know, because if the street is blocked off and they can't come in that way, he's already got it mapped out in his head sure. on where he wants the engine to go. So he's already 100%. Mm-hmm. And That's you know, right. And by us getting off the truck, knowing what's going on, that leaves the chiefs to run the scene, to run operations, without having to worry about everybody else. Mm-hmm. You're good. Don't worry about me. No, no. Yeah. Um, they, they literally can get, they can get out of their car, they can do what they have to do, and they know that when the trucks pull up, they don't have to say two words to us. We know what we're going that to do. confidence they, from the leadership. Yeah. They allow us to be firefighters. 
and allow us great. to learn, and they allow us to train, and they allow us to do what we have to do to get their job done. And, and long it, story short, they have faith in the men. And it creates yeah. an environment that people want to be at. Exactly. Like, nobody wants to be at a place that they're not comfortable or can't be themselves. Right? The only thing I've seen here today is all of you are your own individuals, yet you're all here for the mission of what Port Chester Fire Department's all about. Yes. The mission. Right? Exactly. You couldn't have said that better. I agree. I do this for a living. It's pretty good, right? This ain't your first rodeo. But I mean that. Like, and, and I think, though, that word mission, though, it gets thrown around a lot. It does. And it loses its meaning. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I've been using it more and more only because I don't know how else to sum up what we do. Right? Whether career or volunteer, it really doesn't matter, right? It's the same job, right? And then it's how we do that job. Yep. Here, we, we are volunteers here, but we don't treat it like that. We're firemen. That's it. We come here, we do what we like to You're do. We're here to help them, like you said. Thanks for joining us late. What's up, Captain? How are you, man? Oh, oh. Jeremy. Andrew? Andrew? That's the younger brother That's that he was talking about. That's the younger brother of the team. Oh, 14 year difference. Yeah. I've heard all about you. <laughs> yeah. You must be doing something right because he talked about you all day. Right? He said he had the looks and the brains, though. I don't know. That's your side. Yeah. Gotta look in the mirror and shave so you look like him. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is cool. This is real cool. So, what else? What do you want to talk about? Everything these guys are saying, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's like looking on. in a mirror almost. Like I told, was telling you earlier, I came from a place yeah. where I didn't feel I could. I wasn't myself, almost like you just said. You here, grow as a farmer, here is where you can do that. Yeah. Coming here, mutual aid, knowing the guys, getting to know the guys, and then finally coming here. I've been here for a year now, and it's just totally different. I've gone to more fires in a year here than I had in six years in the yeah. past. And, and fires are important. Absolutely. But it's only one piece of it. Yeah, the brotherhood, like everybody was preaching, it's it's like no other. Even after the when we get calls, here, none of us want to leave. No. None of us yeah. want to leave. We'll come in for five days at a time. We can yeah. right now. <laughs> I love this. Like, like, yeah, I go home. It's true. I go I here. Like, like, when I go home, home and the tones drop, like, I genuinely feel bad that I'm not here. That I'm not here helping. But you know that everybody, that it's going to get taken care of. Whether you're there or not, this yeah. place always gets it done. Major FOMO. Major FOMO, yeah. Major FOMO. Fear of missing out. When you see STRU. It's, it's, structural, structural. Yeah, right. When you're here all day, you don't get one nothing. Nothing you at go all. Go home here, fucking leave here for five minutes. That's how it runs, so, man. I know. Right? Hot and cold. Yeah, you know? know. And it's not just the fires too. Even after the regular calls, where we have to do something, sit back here, we talk about it. That's how we learn. Not only is he a great speaker, he's a great cook as well. I know he's spoken about. Yes. That's the best. I throw it down. He's the idea guy, right? He's perfect. He's, he's the, the idea, idea guy, guy, exactly. He's the idea guy. Everybody here. Guys, I got a great idea. I think you guys can execute it really well. <laughs> Let me tell you what my vision is. I got to take shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's him in a nutshell. Him in an absolute nutshell. Yeah. No, that's good, man. That's, that's good. The other thing I've also noticed around here, too, that we, we've been, especially with this line of Chiefs now, is we've been he's been pushing cross-training between... The, Let's eliminate headquarters because we've always worked together. You know, there was a time where headquarters was an engine ladder and a rescue. It was we've all gotten together and we've all cross trained together. You drive each other's. Me as a rescue mm -hmm. driver, I drive the engine and the ladder. Larry, the captain of the ladder company, drives drives the rescue. We're all cross trained. These chiefs are allowing us to cross train. We go forget cross training within the department with the other companies. Where we've gotten so. We've gotten so big with wanting to train that we're going to other departments. We, we work very well with our neighboring towns. We train with our neighboring towns. We work with these guys. And our chiefs never bat an eye or question us when it comes down to training. Yeah. They let us train, and they let us pick the topics, what we want to train on and what we want to do. You know? He could say that the chief could say, okay, no, you guys are going to do rope, you guys are going to do rope rescue stuff today. Well, the chief, they don't want to do that. Well, no, this is what you're going to do. He's not, our chiefs aren't like that. We get to pick our topics that we want to train them. Yeah. And from sitting around at the table realizing, we're, hey, this we're is doing this. We're lacking. We, let's, let's this is, this. It's cool. I was chatting with the chiefs before in the rescue bay. We were just talking about, you know, I just wanted to hear their thoughts about the culture here and what's happening away from you guys, right? Yeah. Just wanted to hear what their thoughts were. And um, they didn't once speak about themselves. They talked about this place. They talked about you guys. That speaks volumes to why it works here. Right? You can't have 
leadership, management, chiefs, administrators saying that this is my firehouse. This is my, that's my fire. I've heard it. That's my fire truck. You guys are my fire. This is my firehouse. I'm like, well, that's my door. Get the hell out. Yep. Right? Because I think, I think too often they become too attached, too personal to it, to where they take ownership of it. But not ownership in a good way. They take ownership in a personal way that says, well, I've, I've, I've been able to get up through the ranks. Here I am, and it's now my turn to be my department. They treat yeah. the helmet as a crown. Right? Mm-hmm. I like that. It's a, it's a, it's a bad mentality. Some people, they've, they've waited so way to get so long to get to the top, but they don't realize what they're doing, the path of destruction. Yeah. I also think, too, one of the guys said it before, said, oh, this guy would stay in office just to hold the spot, mm-hmm. right? Because then the good old boys, that back row, right, they'd still have control. And that still exists in so many firehouses all over the country, right? And that is one of the biggest turnoffs that we have going right now in the volunteer fire service in particular. I was kind of thinking, you guys said, you know, you've changed ways where it was three separate companies under one roof. Mm-hmm. You guys are now pretty much cross-trained. You guys hang out together. You train together. You go run on calls together, ride each other's trucks if you need to. Yep. There's a lot of departments that I think get hung up on the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. And they're not willing to look at that head on and say, maybe we need to adjust and adapt. Mm-hmm. Right? If you guys hold true to the three separate companies and, you know, ha, they couldn't get out because we got it. Like, that's not the mission. Right? The mission is to provide protection for the residents and the people that trust that you're coming unconditionally, right? So who gives a shit about the internal politics about who's on the rescue company, who's on the truck company, who's on the engine company? The people calling don't know, they don't know they the don't difference. Know. They, they don't, don't read it. They just want somebody to show somebody's up. Gonna show up. Somebody's got to reset their alarm. Some yeah. people do know. And somebody's got to The other night window. we were hanging out. It was had to be eleven o'clock at night, and this Spanish guy comes walking up, and I forget who Burke was with me. And um, he goes, yeah, I just want to thank you guys so much. He's like, I know you're volunteers. And we're like, yo, thank you so much. He's like, you guys like beer? Well, yeah, we love beer. <laughs> he was like, what kind of beer? I was like, my devil. I was naming off everything in the freaking book. He said, I'll be right back. Like, All right. 20 minutes later, this guy, never met him before, comes back holding bags of beer for us. Well, we can't drink it now, but all we want to do is buy us some beer. You know, it's just... Yeah. It's just I just think that goes to show, you know, how much of a stand I have in the community. The endless amount of, like, especially during COVID, when when COVID was big, we used to have people pull up to this firehouse and just unload vanfuls of food for us. And we'd all be sitting here and we're like, this is absolutely nuts. What do do we do? What do we do? And we ask, well, what are you doing? Just to thank you guys. Well, I can... It really hits you. It sure does, and it also speaks volumes to what you're doing here, right, when the community supports their fire company like that, right? Because here's the deal, right? I've seen guys treat the public like shit. What does that do? Nothing. It takes one disgruntled person in, in a board meeting somewhere to say, hey, I don't like what the fire department did, and stir up a whole mess of shit with a bunch of people. And the next thing you know... The people in charge, the commissioners, the mayors, anybody they're looking at your funding, like, well, you guys were breaking windows uncontrollably, or you were treating people like shit. I'm going to cut your funding. You don't realize the, the bigger picture of all it, our actions. It's that, but it can be even just as simple as what John pointed to before. Leave your ego at the door. Mm-hmm. The only time that shit happens when you let ego get in the way. Mm-hmm. And the only time ego flourishes, like, you don't have ego. You, have, you all have egos. There's no doubt. We all do. We're all alphas. We all have ego. Mm-hmm. But... The only people that let their ego get the best of them are guys that aren't sitting at this table today. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a time to have ego. There's a time to push your department and your and your training and your abilities and educate people about who you are. But your individual ego gets checked, right? Because there's no place for it. There's no place for it. That bravado, I think, is just insecurity. When you think about it, I think ego and bravado are another word for insecurity. I think people that have some of the largest you know, loudest bark are the most insecure people we have in the fire ground. I really do. I think some of the best firefighters I've ever seen are the quietest guys. Carry themselves with a purpose, mm-hmm. right? Yep. yep. And you never worry about them. You never have to think about their job, what they're doing, if they're in place, if they have the right equipment, the right tools, or if they're going to get the job done, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they talk softly, but they walk with such a punch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I just think here, like watching you guys turn out for a couple calls today, riding out with you on the one run, just watching the, the professionalism that came with that, um, even just going for an automatic alarm, you know, food on the stove. I mean, 
buttoned up, bundled up, packs on, tools to the door, doing the investigation, talking with the public, back in service. You treat every run like it's a job. Right. Or like it's your family, maybe. It's important. Yeah. It's important. What else? What's important to you guys? Fire duty. I just love going to fires. That's my right? thing. It's always been my thing. Even since I was a kid, a young buff taking pictures, whatever. But then now, Did you grow up in it? For, yeah, I had a bunch of family on the job in the city. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, 96 engines? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just uh, and, and I realized I wanted to do it myself. I grew up in an area where there weren't any volunteer departments. It was all career. That's and, uh, tough, huh? Yeah. It's cool. Favorite. Great guys, always friendly to me. Sure. Yeah, but uh. But you don't get to do it. Correct. Yeah. Ride now can only take you so far. Right. But uh, yeah. So I joined the volunteer department. I loved it. I loved every second of it, and that place always holds a special place in my heart. But it's time to move on and do more. Yeah. Yeah. Advance. That that potential to learn here. You know, the endless open-mindedness. Training. The training opportunities yeah. that we get no, here. No one's held always something, something strict. Yeah. We're always, always something crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're such a good group of guys. We're always all? looking at the bigger picture. That front things. door right there. Just yeah. when you think you see it, you'll see it. You'll see anything you want to see right there. Yeah. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 100%. I believe that. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. You come things by that'll here, make you scratch you come your head. You come by here 11, 12 o'clock in the at night. These doors are wide open. You got you you got five, six, seven, eight people outside. Pretty wild. Mm -hmm. It's pretty wild. How does the, the the mutual aid membership that you have? You call it the mutual aid membership, and mm -hmm. that is guys that don't live in the area come back. They put yeah. in a night. They put in a weekend. They yeah. do a, a seventy-two. Like yeah. guys are, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, guys are here because they want to be here, right? Mm -hmm. How does that work in the overall picture? I mean, is there any? You obviously can't get to know everybody, or do you? No, you pretty much the guys do. that show up. Everybody the guys that do. Shows, you know everybody. Most of our mutual aid members are very active. Most of them. Well, I would believe that, right? Because yeah. if you're going to be coming from a distance to come here to the environment, you got to stay relevant. You're going to commit, right? Correct. And and that goes to what we were talking about before, because that's what I love. It's like a program like that and a fire company that has a great fire culture doesn't let the shit bags in. Yeah, exactly. It weeds them out because. No shitbags, you'd be able to stand here at the sit here at this table and know that they're full of bullshit and then be able to have this conversation. Yep. They don't you know what I'm saying? They don't make it. No, they don't make it. They wouldn't make it. No. They can't. Whether they're mutual aid or they want to be a full time member, they don't make it. Quite a few people have started as mutual aid members and turned into and turned full into members. Full members. Mm -hmm. We have good chunk of people. One here and his brother. Like right there. Started off as mutual aid members. Uh, Kempfish Fire. Right? Here they are, full-time members now. And honestly, the mutual aid membership for this place, I think, is great because it, it allows the guys that do live in town, like if they know there's five or six guys sleeping in here tonight, they don't have to wake up at 2 in the morning for an automatic yeah. fire alarm. Thanks for taking they can, a CO they can along, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, come on. Yeah. But no, really, seriously, it helps out. Maybe you got a big on. smoke show and... You got 90 guys there. That's so. what I'm saying. Yeah, and it helps out because the guys don't get burned out. That living town. Firehouse for fires. They don't call 911. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they've also noticed that trend too. Anybody the get last it? couple, yeah. last yeah. couple of big yeah. fires we've had came through this yeah. this fall line. Yeah. Well, listen, I know where my seat is, so yeah. we're good. Hey, we um down by us. We're going through an issue of how are we holding people accountable. Everyone still kind of goes the old way of we've got to count the uh, how many calls you go throughout the year place like this it's how much time you put in oh. and that's the way the fire Bro, services that, move. talk about that man that that's is again, so there's, a, there's times i've come up here for 8 10 12 hours in an overnight i have no hitters i'm putting the time in i wish my own department back home would see that it's like you're going to charge me at the end of the year oh you only made 15 percent of alarms like yeah but i sat there day in and day out is doesn't that mean something right and it's a hard mentality to break it is it is. I think, though, I know I know where you're talking about because I know it's, it's a busier department, so I get that, mm -hmm. right? I was talking about slower departments versus yeah. busier departments. Um, that mentality, right, is like when, when we lose track of what this is really all about mm -hmm. and we put the focus only on getting seats in the rig and mm -hmm. nothing else, mm -hmm. that's when you don't and can't fill the rigs. Mm -hmm. That's why people are walking away. It's because we don't recognize all the other sacrifice they put in. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I try to go to every single run I can in my in my hometown volunteer department when I can, and I'm home. But guess what, man? Like, 
that carbon monoxide alarm at three o'clock in the morning when I got to get up at five thirty, yeah, it, it, it becomes so. rather tough, right? Yeah. And then I'm I'm twenty nine, going on twenty nine years right now in the fire service, and and you're asking more of me than ever mm. because we don't have the guys filling the seats anymore, right? It's yeah. always the older guys that are like, I did my time. I'm like, well, you did, and we appreciate that. But I still need you. I need you now more than ever because mm. I don't have that next generation filling in the gaps mm. that you had when yeah. you were, you know, younger, you know? And and that's becoming an issue too. The world changed at a certain point where you're not living off of one income with a family anymore. Oh, 100%. I gotta work, I work for jobs, mm -hmm. and I'm just a single guy, just to survive. But people don't see, you know, what it takes to actually survive in this world these days. The older generation saw it their way, and like you respect them and the time they put in, but sometimes it's like, hey, the world's different now. Yeah. I talked I talked uh, I talked about it not too long ago about burying our heads in the sand and how so many fire departments, especially in the volunteer world, pretend that there's no problem. Or it's the way it's been, this is how we do it, you don't like it. We're not at that place anymore. Like you can't have those conversations anymore like that. You can't draw that line in the sand. We have to maintain a level of proficiency. We have to maintain a level of professionalism. But we can't sacrifice that. I, I see volunteer companies lowering their standards just to put a guy into a lieutenant spot. Yep. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Is that like right? We used to require X, Y, and Z, but now I don't have the guys anymore and I need a lieutenant, so we'll lower the standard for you. Not for you, though. This is crazy. Yep. Right? You know what's also crazy? This is a piece. We lose a lot of our, a lot of our senior guys, especially because they become on fixed incomes once they retire. Mm -hmm. So what do they do? They all move down south. Yeah. Right, and so now we have people that are 49, 50, 55, but maybe 60 years old. That's a huge chunk yeah. of membership that would have normally been there, but because they're being taxed out of a special the tri state area, yeah, right, they're on pensions, they're moving to North Carolina where their taxes are literally a fraction of it, mm -hmm. and they're having great lives. And literally, I spoke to one of them, you know, one of our senior members passed away. You know, I was speaking to uh, the past chief about it, he's down in North Carolina, and all he said, Listen. I love life down here, but I miss the fire department dearly. If it wasn't for that, I like he said he wishes he could be here just for the fire yeah, department. Yeah, but do you know what you do when you call him and talk to him? Oh, what you yeah, just did for that we guy? We close yeah. the gap together. I'm telling you, we do this routinely. Yeah. Not as often as we should, but these guys, I'm sure they do it with other members of their companies. But like even for us, and yes, it's unfortunate about a death in this case, but we do text back and forth, thank God for social media and other things. But Look at this guy, that, 57 years. That, that, I got to spend the day with him today. The biggest piece we're losing is a lot of our history, I say that, but a lot of the things that are being passed down, yes, these guys are here, and they're all relatively the same age as me, but we have guys literally just coming to retirement age, and they're leaving a you know, special municipal job. And that, Where do they go? They go down south. And, and then that, that's that, it. that hurts us too, because we could learn from them. Those are probably some of the best engine chauffeurs you ever had in yep. this department. How are the younger generation going to learn how to pump the truck as good as they were? They learned off of relief valves and all that other complicated stuff that I don't know. I, I worked off a of pro governor. What do you want, a truck company? What? What do you want, a truck company? An engine company. What? I don't know what a relief valve is. I know right. some of those yeah. words. Right. Those, what? I said I know some of those words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's been times I drove the truck to first do fire, and I'm like, when I was younger, I'm like, shit, hold on. I'm, it's getting a little complicated here. And one of the older guys comes out of the woodworks and says, hey, do this, this, and this. I'm really glad he was there. Yeah. Well, what happens when those guys start moving away? That young chauffeur is not going to have that person to fall back on. What's nice is you need that guy to support the younger person, mm -hmm. even through as they mature in their roles, right? Mm -hmm. But then it's just for us, it's such a zap, and those guys pack up and move, mm -hmm. and it's just, yeah, it sucks. And we, you know, I think of one of the members, Chris Summer, from our department, from our company, rather. It's just he was there every yeah. single day, no matter what it took, worked for the DPW, and then... Literally a year or two after retired, that's it. Back up and down south. Yeah, the yeah. Lead, the leaders and the mentors can't all be in elected positions. Senior guys are a very big part of the fire service, and places that are losing the senior guys are hurting too. You know, and what's what's nice is we have a nice, we have a good group of guys of older senior members who are still willing to come down here and teach us young guys the way. It's so been. here's one of the most important things you just said, and this is what goes through my brain. Senior senior guys in the firehouse are instrumental in, in the in the tempo of the firehouse. Mm. However, now more than ever, we have stifled the senior man with shitty bosses and leaders. Yep. Mm. And when we don't allow, when you have insecure chiefs, mm. captains that are not comfortable with their own abilities and skills, mm. they will not allow you to have a senior man. Mm -hmm. 
and it becomes it becomes this terrible thing that's happened to the fire service where all you have to do is allow for your senior man to take care of a lot of the stuff for you and you excel as a boss but again it goes back to that lack of understanding how to be a good leader and mentor and you stifle the senior man the senior man position is incredible and it's it's you know a lot of guys are like, well, you know, we don't have guys anymore with 25 to 30 years in the firehouse anymore. And I'm like, yeah, but a guy with 10 years might be your senior man, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He's one of the most senior guys in the room. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. Who's to say what a senior man, how many years you have to have to be a senior exactly. man? Senior what you team. have to do is allow them yeah. to be a senior man. Mm-hmm. You have to allow them to have some latitude, right? Mm-hmm. I, Danny, right? Yeah. Danny's driving a truck. Nobody's telling him where to park, where to position, how to be. He knows Mm -hmm. because he's got his time. He's put himself in that senior position now. He's in that senior man spot, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we need. But when you start telling him how to be, how to operate, and how to do his job, Mm -hmm. he's checked out. He's like, listen, man, this is a game for me. I want to challenge myself, too. Just like you want to challenge yourself, Mm -hmm. I want to challenge myself. Mm -hmm. When we take that away from people, man, we stunt growth. Even the guys who can't go to calls anymore, keep them involved. A lot of them, they have connections with like flower shops, pizzerias, lawyers, things like that. Officers should know. Hey, can you help me out here? We were talking about that Mac you saw for sale earlier. I called one of my senior guys and said, hey, Ian, you're a fire truck buff. Who had this, this era Mac? And he's like, oh, it was East Meadow. He knew, he knew right off the top of his head. And now he was very thankful for that five-minute phone conversation because I got him involved with something. I try, I'll challenge you guys with this, right? I know you guys are all very close and so on. Um, I try once a week to call somebody on my phone that I haven't talked to in a long time. Fire me. Through the podcast, I've done over 300 podcasts now, and those are the ones that we've kept track of. I mean, we've probably done over 500 conversations and, you know, things, right? I'll call somebody that's been on my show once a week that I haven't talked to in two years. Mm-hmm. Just call them and say, that's hey, great. what's that's up? Great. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? What do you need? I'm like, nothing, man. Just call and say hello. I'm like, I was thinking of you the other day. I saw Houston had a big fire. I was thinking of you, man. Hope all's well. Mm -hmm. Those simple phone calls go so far with guys. You know, a guy like Tommy, 57 years, he's part of the fabric of this fire department, right? Keep him involved. Right? Give him a phone call. Mm -hmm. Ask him. I've heard Tommy's story 47 times over the last 57 years. I've heard the same fucking story 47 times. Hey, Tommy, tell me about that story again. Mm-hmm. Let him tell it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? That's important. Right? It's important. I don't know. I, I And that, to me, that's how National Fire Radio started. Mm-hmm. I was one of those guys that I'm, I'm 46, right? So I'm still young. I think I'm young. I feel young. This morning I was a little <laughs> um, But I still consider myself pretty young, and I ride that middle age group between the young and the old. So bridging the gap for me was always really important. And I, growing up second generation, my father was in the firehouse, grew up looking at idolizing all those guys that were in the firehouse with my father as a kid. And I'd, I'd come in, and where's Gianna? Is Gianna still here? She like, is. I can only imagine, I can only imagine, like, how she processes what's going on here. The friendships you have, watching what you do, watching the camaraderie, right? She's looking at you guys. You're all role models for her. As crazy as that sounds, maybe for some it's a little questionable, but, <laughs> but, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that was me as a kid growing up in the firehouse, right? So I looked at those, at those older guys, and I just couldn't get enough of them. And so for me, I found that I would take a kid like Sabby coming up through the firehouse and be like, Seb, do you, do you know Jack? Jack Willard? The guy who's been here for, you know, 70-year member. Come here. Let's have this conversation, man. Like, have you ever heard this story before? He's like, yeah, I heard it. Well, I'm like, good, shut up. He's going to tell you again. <laughs> that stuff's important, man. Even even me, like, I love... John, I was just talking about you again. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> but it's, in, it's important. I, I was just saying how you're here often with your father, and it's got to be pretty important to you. You get to know the guys. You get to meet the guys, right? And, and I was the same way growing up. And um, I think... Raising kids in the firehouse and exposing them to what we do, especially the volunteer fire service, where you're here to make better for yourself, but also to serve the community. What a better thing to teach your kid more than ever today. She, she made me. She made me put her on the the text messages so she gets all the calls to her phone. So love it. Yeah, <laughs> love she it. wakes up. She wakes up. She re, She wakes up. Breathes. Eats. Yeah. And then she comes down to the breakfast table and goes, Dad, you missed another one. Dad, you missed another one. 
two bells last time, Corchester, Dad. You missed that one. She, know, and she knows before I even know what's going on. Yeah? So it's actually income. Yeah, I love it. I, I just, I think it's great. And then the environment that allows her to be here yes. and to be a part of it, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely super family friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Like me growing up, my wife, we're driving around and she's like, uh, and she's like, uh, I'm like, oh, that's Uncle Tommy. Good. And I'm like, uh, oh, that's Uncle Tommy. And she's like, Uncle Tommy. I'm like, yeah, that's my Uncle Tommy. We'll drive down another street or we'll go somewhere. Oh, that's Uncle Pat. How many uncles do you have? I said, she goes, I thought your father only had two sisters. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't no, get no. Two, you don't These get are it. uncles. <laughs> two These are guys <laughs> that I spent more time with than my own family yep. yeah. in the firehouse. Yes. Everyone in the firehouse was my uncle. Like, that's, that's just the way it is. And Gianna will have that. My kids have that. My kids do. Well, all the kids, yeah. Your kid, every kid here has a, a bunch of uncles sitting in the firehouse ready to help them and ready to be a, a leader with them, a, a role model with them, you know? Mm -hmm. I have some kids, bro. We vilify everything that's happening today, the way the community is, the way people handle themselves, kids, this next generation. We have an absolute duty to expose our kids at any age to what goes on right here. This is important. My kids have a real good understanding about life because I expose them to life. I let them hear people say bad words. I yes. let them hear stories. I let them be a part of my life. But they gain such a respect for that. Whereas, like, it's so funny. I mean, so I was talking about my family before. I talk about, I'm talking more and more about my family because it, I've come to really realize how important they are to me, right? And just how they've made me who I am. And so my daughters, so on the weekends, if I don't have an NFR thing going on or we don't have any obligations, one of the one of the things we like to do as a family is we go to restaurants, we go to bars, we go to breweries, and my 15 and 16 year old daughter and then my older kids can make it with their boyfriends and girlfriends or whatever. So we go up to like Beacon a lot, we go to Newburgh, we go up to Poughkeepsie, like, cause I went to school in Poughkeepsie and I was a fireman up there. So I know a lot of guys up there still, I used to ride up there for five years and all that stuff. And, and so I know where a lot of the cool breweries are, newer restaurants, things like that. But from day one with my kids, my wife always carries a pack of Uno cards in her purse. And so when we go to breweries, 15, 16 years old, my wife and I and my older kids, we'll sit there and play cards at a restaurant. We sit there and play Uno at a bar, like at a high top table, or, you know, or we go to a brewery, we're playing card games. And I watch all these other kids are like this. Their parents, um, their parents are checked out on what they're doing. And there's no engagement. Yeah. And to me, it's like, what? we're failing now, right? And so when we take my kids' friends with us, they sit there and they're like, what is this? <laughs> like, they don't understand it. And I go, this is the way life should be. Like, you know, and, and that to me is important. And we've had so many people come up to us and be like, that's such a great idea. Mm -hmm. And like, we've been doing this from day one. I never let my kids sit at a table. I saw a kid the other day in a store with his tablet and headphones on walking around like this watching. He was like five years old. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not saying if that's right or wrong, but I'm saying this, there's gonna be a tremendous disconnect from life, right, from reality, mm -hmm. if you're gonna live like that. Society's gonna look like the Disney movie Wally at a certain point, if you keep our kids like that. You big Disney guy? No, a little bit. It's also big in the fact of like, family here is, especially for me, for him, we grew up because our fathers, you know, best memories I've had back when I was a little kid, my father placed me in the front seat of M six two one flyers. You know, that's that's why I became a volunteer. And that's what we're hoping that you know, I don't have any kids yet, but you know, the future of them coming. But they're up. not joining in masses right. from people that are not in the fire department. Yeah. So if you don't do that. Right. You know, it's yeah. obviously we can't do what no. we did back in the day, obviously you know that. Just throw them you know, in the throw them in the jump seat, you're going with us. But, but you know what? My father never did that to me. I did. Much so growing <laughs> growing up, my father was very protective of the firehouse. Um, he brought us around. We went to all the functions. We went to all that. But we never rode out on calls. Um, every once in a blue moon would we be allowed to do that. Um, it might have been the just the culture of the firehouse at the time. But it was also the firehouse was my dad's place. Yes. I get it. He checked out. Yes. Right? He worked. He, had a he ran a family business that was... A successful business he worked 80 hours a week he was a councilman in town 
He gave back to the community in so many different ways, and he was a fireman for, I mean, he's on like 60-something years now being a fireman, right? And like, um, the firehouse was his place. And he, and now that I look back at it, I used to resent like, oh, all these kids get to go to the firehouse and ride with their dads. But for my dad, it was, no, he got to check out, have a beer, play cards, not have to worry about his kids, right? And so I respect that. I think though too, and I've seen this, and I, I would love your take on it. Sometimes though, the guys, the kids that grow up in the firehouse get way too comfortable oh, yeah. before they come yeah. into the firehouse. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, right? I've seen that even with some neighboring apartments. Yeah. They've been almost there their entire time and they have this entitlement. Where here, I mean, maybe this is not the word, you know, adjacent mission. To me, it's a meritocracy. You still have to earn no matter what. And I felt because my father was here, my uncle was here, I felt I had to do even more to earn my position here than just waltz in and see how it went. Like, it took- I felt like I had no choice but to to go forward, you know? Yeah, it's cool, man. I This whole National Fire Radio thing for me, I mean, I just get to go around and just talk, you know? It's fun, man, because I love this, right? Um, but I never realized until in the last few years of National Fire Radio, like, my real feelings about the fire service and, like, what my upbringing was in it and so on. And and um, and when you look back 29 years ago, when I came into the fire, I was at 18 years old. We didn't have a junior program. I joined at 18. By 22, man, I had done it all and knew everything, right? What a piece of shit, right? I mean, I don't think I was, but, like, I personally think, like, man, I could have done a lot better. But I also think it's part of the story, right? There's evolution involved, right? Like I said, I was chief at 27, and now I'm 46, and I'm, like, one of the senior guys in my firehouse. And uh, I just, I'm such a better person today and a better fireman today than I, I ever was, you know? And I think that just comes with time and experience, you know, finding your way. Um, I, entitlement's there. It's a thing. Just don't let it get out of control, you know, for sure. I think we're, we're particularly lucky. I'll say I'm particularly lucky in my company to have so many transfers, if you will. Joe, Matt, I mean, John's not in my company, but Scott, and there's 15 more that aren't sitting here that came... 10 years, 15 years, yeah. 20 years, and 30 years yeah. from other companies, other departments. I'm 29 years old, and almost every guy underneath me, no, they're not underneath me. That, no, I get it. I get it. Me. You've been here longer. Than older, than, I've been yeah. here longer, but they're right. older than me. They're, yeah. 90% of them, 99% of them are smarter than me. It makes my life a lot easier, though, because I can just pick. Bro, all I, I don't got to say much, but I can just pick, and I leave them alone, and for the most part, they leave me alone. And Yeah, I've realized it's, how it's dumb been, I am. You know what I mean? I love, <laughs> no, I really <laughs> I love being the dumbest guy they're... in the room. I really do, man. Because I just get to sit back and listen to everybody else, and I go, man, these guys are smart. Yeah. I you utilize know? them for what they're for. Right, Chief? Yeah. yeah. Utilize so your Dan- strengths. Danny's sitting over there. I was probably 13. He was a driver on the ladder, and my dad was working. I said, come on, Dad, let me go in the truck. You can't. He didn't, didn't want to let me on the truck because right. he's working. Jump in with Danny. I went over to the door. Dan, can I come with you? Yeah, get in the middle. I'm like, all right, we're going down. The chief's coming the other way. He goes, duck down. Duck down. <laughs> and, and then today, we're on a call together, and he's still driving the ladder, and we're still doing, you know. Like, Same thing. And that's 28 years ago. You know, yeah. like, I did uh, a couple weeks ago on like a Sunday afternoon, just an automatic fire alarm. I mean, by the time we even got to the fire, because we're home response, right? And I live, I'm the first guy to my firehouse. I live literally... Like, a, I don't know, a stone's throw from the firehouse. So I get there quick. Look up on a board. We have that, like, I am responding. Yeah, we did, yeah, yeah. Look at a board, and, like, none of the guys from my house are It's like a mm-hmm. Sunday in the summer, you know, and it's like bullshit fire alarm. Everybody recognizes the same address, you know, so it's like. 40 Bay Street. I guess, I guess I'm going driver only, right? Which is fine because the other companies, you know, the truck's coming out of the other company and stuff. So I'm like, whatever. No big deal. So my daughter was with me. <clears throat> So my department's pretty strict about ride-alongs. Like it's kind of like if I wanted to have like one of you guys jump on, I gotta look at somebody and be like, "You good?" Like, yeah. yeah. So my daughter's with me. She's 15. So I said, uh, I said, hop on. And she's like, "What?" And I said, "Get in." And she rode up front with me and uh, Lily. And um, I said, when we pull out, I said that button on the floor, step on it. <laughs> and I said, and don't. Don't take your foot off of it. <laughs> and we pull out. She's like, is that me? And I go, yeah, that's you. I go, pull that string. So she's like, you know, 15 years old. And it was like, we got, I mean, we got literally, uh, I pulled up and pulled into the block and the trucker and it was clear and food on the stove or whatever. And I'm like, all right. So I went back in service and um, 
I just know that that left an incredible impression on her. And to just let your daughter, you know, son, daughter, whoever, just give them that opportunity when the opportunity presents itself goes such a long way. She might be chief one day because of that. I know. I know. That's why you never know. Gianna, like, you don't know what what she's taking in and watching and what that's going to do for her future. Like my daughters, like she has great relationships with all the guys. I mean, somebody wants my kids. Like they, know. it's it's just how it works, and it's so important, you know. I remember my uh, my two daughters were with me one day, and we had a car fire up on two. We cover a stretch of two eighty seven also, uh, where I am, and we had a reported car fire up on the highway. Um, and so that their mom was out. They were younger. They're probably like twelve and thirteen, and uh, they were with me. So I'm like. I hate leaving them at the firehouse, and I knew we'd be up on the highway for a little bit. So I'm like, "Get in! I'll drop you off on the way." So we jump in the jump seats, and we pull out, and I'm driving the engine. The officers up front. We got two guys in the back, you know, four man engine. We're pulling out, going to this car fire, like sirens. Pull up in front of my driveway. I'm like, I'm "Like, here's the keys." I'm like, "I'll be home in an hour." Right? And they hop out, and then we keep going, right? I was like, you got to do that stuff, you know? I mean, you can't lose sight of that. And I know guys don't get torqued up over that. That's fucking bullshit. you got to do that, blah, blah, blah. What's it hurting? Nobody. No. Right? It's a I don't know, man. So my dad got screamed when my dad was still a volunteer. It was, I think, 1985 or 86. We had a big fire downtown. The whole block was going. And it was just me and him home. So he's like, ah, I'm not going to go. Or what? listen to the radio, listen to the radio, and the rescue doesn't get out. He's like, get in the truck. I'm like, yep. all right. So it was always my job, throw the, throw the roof light on. So I throw it up, we come down here, and the, and the rescue is still sitting in the firehouse. The rest of that department was wiped out. So he's like, uh, jump in the truck. So I always used to get in the back because I had the doghouse and the walk-in. No, 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 get in the front. And I was like, huh? He's like, get in the front. Okay. So I get in the front, and he throws the microphone to me. And he goes, radio is in. I was five. I think I was five. I'm like, this is this is wild. So we pull out, we make the left, and we come under the train bridge, and the whole the whole block was fully involved. There was ladders up already, through the roof, like huge things. He's like, radio in, and that was it. I was after that, I was done. That was his first erection. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't had one since. I used to beat him to the truck after that, and I would start it for him, and then jump into the seat. But that. That's what hooks these kids. That's what these kids want to do. It's the memories. Like, yeah. 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 I grew up in that too. My yeah. grandfather, yeah. my uncle. My uncle is chief of the department. Yeah. I was going to calls with him yeah. when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. It's like, great. Yeah, he's the 20% of 15. 15. That's fine. I mean, if you guys stay 30 more minutes, you got to join. We got to what? You got to join. join. You can't leave without, if you spend a certain amount of hours, and you automatically uh, become a million. Yeah, well, good thing you got bunk rooms now because my wife's throwing my ass out. So. <laughs> You talk about uh, bringing things into the fire service. Even Pietro's son, he's not so much involved in the fire service, at least not yet. But he does other things with his church organization to take care of teens, you know. And then, then there, he's like, what is entering high school, right? So he's in, he's involved, gets involved in the community in a separate way because of what his dad's doing here. Yeah. So, Leo's you know, another those one of those firehouse we're focusing kids. Focusing only the fire department, but these things also branch out, and people don't even realize that. I'm trying to do it for my son too. He's got his own little set of gear. He comes down. He's doing like dressing drills with some of the junior kids who are taking fire one. How old is he? He just turned seven. There was a, we were here for an event one time. There was a automatic alarm up the street and he was the most excited kid in the world. He threw his gear on, he grabbed a little officer's halogen tool and he walked up the street with the guys. He's fucked already. Yeah, he's tough. <laughs> he peeks on this door right here. Every time we come here, dad, I want to go break wood. All right, well, yeah, I got smash on it. <laughs> I just want to get wood. It's not even. I was telling him too. We were talking about the other day because we had a barbecue at his house. That the family outside the firehouse is what makes it even more fun yeah. too. Like everybody's at each other's weddings. This Saturday afternoon barbecues, whatever the case. It's not always here too, but this built everything else Bachelor outside parties. the firehouse. Bachelor parties, please. <laughs> this and it, it was all, but it was all built here. I gotta get your phone number before I leave. All those all those parties were you know, built here. Yeah. My entire wedding three months ago was, was 
Yeah. Well, you think about it's the built here. you think about the layer of trust that gets built on that, right? Yeah. I crashed his wedding. Crashed but his, wedding. his wife was okay with it because oh, she's from the fire. So there's gonna be a kid from Long Island <laughs> who's gonna walk into oh, yeah, the wedding out to dinner yeah. at some point. Yeah, she's gonna no, kiss your grandma. No, there's not. I said, look, there he is. I'm gonna watch the dance. I told you. She was okay with it. Told you. She's happening whether you want it or not. So okay, it's trustworthy. I was like, I'm getting married. Getting married next month. Idiot. All my, all my, all my girls, men, are all firemen out of this firehouse. Yep. My whole entire wedding is firemen out of this firehouse. And you only been here what? Seven Six years, years seven, seven years. Time's up. I mean, what the the mutual aid membership you have? Is there a requirement? You want to know? Slow it down. Slow it down. When we did it, the way we felt was if you're willing to give us five hours or a hundred hours, still. A benefit for us, and once people get a taste of what we are about, it's going to draw them, and it, and it is. They're they're joining here. We're getting so many fires and so many accidents and so many yeah. uh, calls where they're able to do work that it, we don't have to worry about them showing up because they're coming. They're coming every week. We're seeing them all the time, and they take it upon themselves and to clean the fire. That's they, where it kind they, of started. That's, that's yeah. They're they're acting more as full members than they are mutual aid members. Coming in here, they're eating. Are you cooking, are you finding? Cooking. Has there been real talk now? Has there been any pushback from full members having guys that don't have? Because I'm assuming full members have some responsibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is there is there any? T this is. I mean, no. We're get, we get pushback 100%. from the guys that don't come here anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know what? I knew it. I knew and, that was going to be the answer. And, and my yeah. comment to them is: if you start showing up. They might not have had a spot to be here in the first place, but because you checked out and left, you got something to say about somebody else coming in and helping out. That, that, that's not our culture here. You don't want to be a part of it, you don't want to come out to calls, that's fine. But there are a ton of other people that want to, and we're going to embrace them. And, and Pretty much the train's moving, either up on it or up on it. And honestly, I partially entertained it. We had that conversation in one of our meetings. We had a separate meeting before our meeting. And not trying to put requirements on No, I'm sure. And it wasn't, sure. it wasn't, it was more like, you know, it was hard to put the requirements because they were already kind of doing it. And I'll give him credit and this, this other gentleman, Ben, that uh, volunteers here from Brookfield, Connecticut. Come back one day, they're mopping or cooking. I was like, yeah, you should not have to do that. They're doing more because than we would ever expect them to do anything. I said, okay, you well, you're already from doing dishes. <laughs> cleaning the back. My own members do I'm like, chopped in the dishes. He's like, no, I, I, I have to. But they kind of set the tone that with the next four, five, six, seven guys who came after that. So they kind of killed the conversation on the requirements. You, did you see any? Did you see some full-time guys get more buy? Like they more buy-in from them now? They're like, yes. man, we should pick up our yes. Then. And the whole logic was that, that to not dilute the idea of becoming a full member. Right. That's what I was. I, I was okay. That's a legitimate conversation, right? Like, if, so I try to convince guys. If you're within 15, 20 miles, if you join here as a mutual aid member, you really like it. Might say you want to join as a full member. That's you know. I'll always try to convince. What them. is? I mean. What does a full membership give you versus? I mean, I mean, do you have a stipend program? Low no, sap? honestly, like, no, nothing. We got a parking ticket program. Yeah, parking ticket. Parking ticket. Yeah, I think I just got one. Yeah. 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 Honestly, not much. No, no, not much. So that's where, yeah, I guess it would kind of hurt the. You know what you get? Full membership. You get to be part of it. You get to be part of the brotherhood. Exactly. You get to sit here. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, you get. To be I part can do of this every freaking day. You don't yeah. get to sit in our company meetings as a your mutual aid member. Still, kind of invite you to the parties and stuff, so you get all that. You have all the access to the back rooms. You don't really have drivers that are mutual aid members. We probably could do that. We just don't. Probably insurance thing, but really nothing. But but they're building. They're building each other. Yeah, it, it, it's just worked so far. Maybe eventually together. there will be one that that you know that'd be like, hey, listen, you, you're overstepping. Maybe that will happen one day. But it hasn't so far, and it's been great so far. So, well, I think. Yeah, I mean, well, that kind of setup, though, the mutual aid members, like I said, you're getting the right people. Exactly. You're correct, yeah. Because if they're coming here, here, they want to be here, and they're coming in with a respect for what you already have here. It's got to come from a distance, too. But they chose yeah. to be part they're of what we have, so they're not going to be the problem because they they came here because mm -hmm. of that. That's why we got them through the door in the first place. That's why even that little mutual aid member of the year award, I mean, it's just a piece of paper. We were bullshit one day, we're like, we should, we should give that out. There's 10 or 12 of them, they're all doing a great job. That's re rewarding. Jersey, Connecticut, Long Island, I mean, everywhere. It's cool. Instagram, I, I, Instagram, I got to give him a lot of the credit. 
probably about six years ago. We were just sitting here one night like, why don't we have an Instagram? We ended up being one of the first to really do it. That's big. We've gotten some of our best full members. Is that the Harry Howard one? or is that The Harry Howard. We, well, we all kind of have it now. Yeah. Oh, okay. So each company, did, each company has their own. And, and then we have a fire department one. We start, I think I follow the Harry Howard and the Bresco one. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we, we sat down. I think Harry Howard had, we had just made one in the same week I think we made it. Maybe six, seven years ago. In the last year or two, it's really skyrocketed. Now, is this the only, are these the only companies that have the mutual aid members? No, it's the partners. The partners wide now, but the the ladder and the rescue are the biggest centers <coughs> that took off with it. We were the first two companies to say we need to do this. Now the other companies have it's got on board. Company wide, yeah, yeah, department, department wide, and and because of the the reaction and the and the membership that we've gotten between the two companies, all the other companies kind of saw it and they're like, hey, we need to get on, we need to get in on this. So it's went department wide now. It's fun. Like, why wouldn't you want to? I want to be a part of something that's good. What right? you said is correct. It's fun, guys. Like these guys, if you come oh. here, you don't want to leave. Oh boy! Uh, you never know. He's gonna pull up out from it. Sounds like sounds like big meat. Uh, I always used to say when I first joined here, I'm like, I don't know how this place doesn't shut down other volunteer firehouses because the guys catch word and it. Car accident? Pete, get in here. Incoming. Yeah, I can't tell if he's serious. So what do you what do you send on this now? The rescue goes. Rescue, rescue and, uh, the truck goes company, here. No, the engine company in the south end. It's in the south end district. So. Uh, All right. Guess it's uh, guess time to go to work again. Rescue goes.